name of the one true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's no secret that men love a good action movie. I can't tell you the number of times my son and I have sat on the couch, glued to the television, making incredibly sophisticated sounds, like aww, and ugh, and ooh, yeah. Right now, many of you men are silently saying amen, and you know who you are. Right now, some of the women are thinking about what my wife used to do. You're looking for a way to get up out of your chairs and go find anything else to do, and you know who you are. And yes, the action movie is engaging and entertaining, at least to us men. But beyond the costumes, the car chases, and yes, even the pyrotechnics, what we really want to know is this. When and how will the hero emerge? What will his battle plan be? What will the obstacles be? What are the trials and temptations they will have to face? And most importantly, will they overcome them? And then there's the scene. You know the scene. This is the one where the hero stands up and he prepares his army for the fight. Whether it's Braveheart or Lord of the Rings, a movie about sports, or even your favorite superhero, he calls everyone to account. He gives them the gut check. He tells them, he's telling them to check their hearts. This morning we heard Jesus tell a parable to a crowd that is sitting by the Sea of Galilee. The crowd is so large that Jesus gets into a boat, he goes a little offshore, and he sits down. He wants to make sure his message carries across the entirety of the crowd. He wants to make sure the whole crowd hears it. And he uses an agricultural image as he speaks to an agrarian audience. He tells them about a sower who went out to sow. Some of the seeds fell along the path and the birds devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, some among the thorns, but still others fell on good soil and they bore lots of fruit. But of course, he's not reminding them about how to grow crops. They already knew how to do that. What he is doing is preparing them for the battle. He's telling them about the coming kingdom of God. The very purpose of his parable is actually about hearing the word of the kingdom and understanding it. Only it's interesting because he's talking to the Jews, the Israelites. They already knew about the coming kingdom of God. They already believed there would be a time that God would come and set things right. They didn't need one more itinerant prophet to preach to them about those things. What they needed was for God's Messiah to come, to actually show up and to do something about it. 
All they were waiting for was the hero and the scene for someone to call them to battle, to give them their swords and to send them out to defeat the mighty Roman empire, to tackle even every nation, to tear down every false God. And what they wanted to know on that day at that time in this place was whether or not Jesus was the one who was going to do it. Would he be the one who would finally lead them into battle? Well, as it turns out, they had the hero and this was the scene. But what they also got was a stunning twist in the plot that absolutely no one saw coming. Yes, Jesus would do it. Yes, he was calling them and us into battle. Only the battle plan would not be to go out there and attack them, whoever they might be. Instead, the battle plan was this. To look in here. To examine our own lives. To look inside our own souls. To wage war on the enemies hidden inside of our own hearts. To see if we ourselves are fit for the kingdom of God. You, you know that seed that was sown along the path, he says? That, that's you. That's your life. Your heart is the path. If you've planned your life, if you've paved your heart, if you think you're in control, if you think you are the designer of your own destiny, think again. The sower will come. In fact, the sower has come. The sower is here. And he will see you. And because he loves you, he will scatter the seeds of salvation all over you. But because you have planned and you have paved your own path, your heart will be hard. You will hear but you will not understand. And so the devil will find that gospel seed lying right there on the ground and he will steal it because it's easy pickings. So here's the gut check. If you've planned your own path, if you're designing your own destiny, beware. This is what leads to the hardening of the heart paving over the soil that is meant to receive the word of God and the devil will take it from you, the very salvation that Jesus came to offer you and it will not end well for you. So I ask you this morning, how's your heart? How's your heart? Other seed, Jesus says, will be scattered and it will fall on rocky ground. These are the ones who hear the word of God and immediately he says they receive it with joy but they have no root. They will endure for a while, but when tribulation or persecution comes, immediately, he says, they will fall away. Remember, remember, we are at war. And the line in the sand that Jesus is drawing here is between cowardice and courage. There's a reason our church calendar celebrates the lives of the saints to remind us, to encourage us. 
to inspire us to think about those who gave their lives to Jesus because he gave his life for them and for us. One of my favorite, most jarring, most startling, most eye-opening passages in Scripture is Hebrews chapter 11. If you want to find it, verse 33 and following, it's page 948 in your chair Bibles. If you want to take it out and follow along as I read it, here we are told about the saints of the Old Testament. And it reads like this on page 948 of chapter 11 in Hebrews, beginning in verse 33. He says, by faith, they conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war and put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. And then he says this, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. I love this next part. It says the world was not worthy of them. The world was not worthy of them. As they wandered about in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better from us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So here's the gut check. History does not look kindly on the Benedict Arnolds of the world. And heroes are heroes for a reason. At the right time, they stood up, they said the right thing, and they did the right thing. The Bible is plain in 2 Timothy 2.12, if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. But if we deny him, he will deny us. So I ask you this morning, how's your heart? How's your heart? Now Jesus turns his attention to the seed that was sown among the thorns. These, he says, are the ones who hear the word of God, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. You know the old saying, you can examine a man's trash and tell where his priorities are. But rather than looking at what we've already done, what we've already decided, Jesus wants us to look at what we're going to do. Because all that we are and all that we have and everything around us is a gift. And it all comes from God. So here's the gut check. Do we love the things of God more than God himself? And if so, why? Why would we place more value on the gifts than the one who gave them to us? What are our true priorities and why? So I ask you, how's your heart? How's your heart? Finally, Jesus talks about the good soil. This, he says, is the one who hears the word of God and understands it. And he bears fruit a hundredfold in some cases, 60fold and 
thirtyfold. And he's telling us this is how it's supposed to work, right? This is what's supposed to happen. When the sower does his job and the good soil of our hearts does its job, good fruit is produced. And guess what? Others see it and they want to taste it for themselves. You know, those action movies that I was talking about earlier, the ones that my son and I watched on the couch for hours and hours. It's interesting to me how they always seem to have the same effect. As soon as the movie was over, he would jump up off the couch, go back into his bedroom, and out came the stuff. The swords, the shields, the the helmets. And off we'd go racing around the room, battling against one another in this cosmic collision of good versus evil. Of course, I was always the bad guy. I probably still am. Don't write that down. But here's the point. Because he heard the movie, because he understood the movie, he wanted to be the guy. He knew that if he didn't want evil to win, he had to fight. You see, the thing is this, we were actually built to battle. The question is never whether or not we're going to fight. The question is always, what are we fighting for and why and importantly, how? Some are fighting for political power, for public prestige, for personal gain or to grab their own glory. But here's what you need to know this morning. Jesus is fighting for you. Jesus is fighting for us. Why? Because he loves us. And he's preparing for those who love him in return, this incredible eternal home where there is no more pain or suffering and death and dying are no more. So the battle plan, my friends, is simple. Hear the word of God and understand it. In other words, read your Bibles and apply what it says to your lives, to our lives. And the seeds that God sows will do what they're supposed to do. And we will do what we're supposed to do in the good soil of our hearts. And then others will begin to do what hungry people do. They will taste and they will see that the Lord is good and they will want him for themselves. And for these good things of God to happen in us and through us and among us, as I know we want them to here at Christ the Redeemer, today the hero of the story is asking us, how's your heart? How's your heart?